Hello, and welcome back to The Pale Threshold. Today, we're going to be talking about the role of mental illness in gang stalking phenomena. First, I want to talk about comorbidities, such as anxiety disorders and psychosis and delusions. These conditions can be the source of the perceived gang stalking phenomena, but that is not necessarily the case. So it's going to be very important to document concrete phenomena, like persistently being followed by the same people, if people are taking pictures of you, making notes of that, persistently having dreams about the same person, or other unexplainable events that have actually happened. You might be getting information through V2K but this information is unreliable and it must be verifiable to be useful. If possible, you want to pin down the source of your personal V2K triggers. Find out how that information is being transmitted to you and if there are biological or psychological aspects that are contributing to that. Any mental illness has the potential to be used against the target. So make sure that you are seeing a licensed mental health professional that you trust. Keep looking for somebody until you find a person who's a good fit. That is so crucial. Especially because one of the weapons that is targeted against people is uh, involuntary commitment. Getting 5150'd. You don't have to be exhibiting mental illness to be committed but it does make it a lot easier for the gang stalkers to do that if you are already exhibiting symptoms of mental illness. This is especially true in intimate gang stalking. So that would be where you're being gang stalked by a partner, an ex-partner, a family member, or I would even classify um, employers as being part of that intimate gang stalking. Next, I'm going to talk about the role of narcissistic personality disorder in gang stalking. Gang stalkers are often narcissists. They're intent on proving they are right at the expense of the targets. They have to have their narrative be believed. And there is a lack of concern for the well-being of the targeted individual, especially in cases of intimate gang stalking. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the role of narcissistic supply in gang stalking phenomena. So there's going to be a lot of gaslighting, making it appear as though all of the manifestations of the gang stalking are related to mental illness in order to get that person committed, or to make the person believe that gang stalking is not occurring. This is why it is so important when concrete phenomena are occurring to document them and to be very critical of anything that's coming through as V2K. Mechanisms exist by which mental illness is induced in order to control the behavior of targeted individuals. So I discussed in the previous episode about V2K, um, different ways that inflammation can be induced in the brain. Um, and of course, it's very important to understand what the mechanisms are behind your own phenomena. Now, this will make it much easier to implant ideas in the mind of the target as well. It's less important to understand exactly what is going on and more important to figure out what is specific to your case. 
in order to effectively treat the symptoms. Because if you are not being affected by the gang stalking, it doesn't matter if it's occurring or not. There's CBTP, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Psychosis. This will help you work through any delusions that are coming through. Treating sources of brain inflammation. Abstinence from substances like cannabis, which can exacerbate psychosis symptoms. And abstinence from substances which can cloud judgment and cognitive processes so that you're able to effectively combat the gang stalking as it's manifesting in your life. And when I say combat the gang stalking, I'm talking primarily about combating its effect on your life. It's important to understand the limitations of being able to control the behavior of others and the sovereignty that you have in the situation. Obviously, anyone involved in the gang stalking will be trying to exploit substances as a means of control. So be very kind to yourself if you are having a hard time quitting. Watch out for narcissistic behavior in the people around you. Those people are very caught up in polarized thought in which one party is 100% in the right and the other party is 100% in the wrong. They're much more likely to take part in gang stalking activities because they love drama and creating problems for others in order to control them. And they want to feel powerful such that even if they are also targeted, they will take part in the gang stalking. One of the best ways to combat gang stalking is cutting off narcissistic supply. This is especially true for intimate gang stalking cases. Reduce participation in social media platforms. It's important to have enough of a social media presence that you have some proof of what your actual personality is like. But we're getting to a point now where people are starting to understand that nothing that they see online is somebody's an accurate reflection of somebody's true personality. Observe whom around you has narcissistic tendencies. These people are only as dangerous as you allow them into your circles. So now let's take a step back and re-examine the social climate in which this is occurring. Gang stalking far predates the global pandemic, but the conditions created by that particular event have primed all of us to be more socially isolated and unsure of appropriate social interaction, hyperpolarized in regards to politics and current global events, and connected through the artifice of online interaction while disconnecting from the realities of the modern world. It's important to shift one's view to accurately perceive one's surroundings. Don't believe the hype. Hype machines are huge right now and a prime tool for gang stalkers to spread misinformation about targets. Overall, we need to focus on being much more righteous to one another. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Pulp Fiction, but maybe you remember the diner scene in which Tim Roth and Holly Hunter are trying to rob everyone in the diner and Samuel L. Jackson tells them to chill out. We're all going to do our best to be a bunch of Fonzies right now. Not everyone's going to be on board with that. It is possible to have compassion for someone's situation without having to engage with their energy. Work on disengaging energetically from others in public while maintaining an openness to connection. Surely this is easier said than done, 
and I will be covering some of these techniques in a different episode. This is especially important in intimate gang stalking situations, where a crucial member of one's support system is actively trying to get the target committed. Ideally, you will be able to go no contact with this person, cutting off their narcissistic supply. But this is not always realistic, and I understand that. If you are having trouble going no contact with this person, do your best to set boundaries with them and reinforce those boundaries. I would love to hear all of your thoughts about the topics that I've covered today. All of my socials that I have are at Pale Threshold. So that's my Gmail, that's the YouTube, um, and the Instagram. Please do contact me and let me know your thoughts. Remember to be gentle with yourself, be gentle with others, and never fear the pale threshold.